welcome. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Ryan Rivas is the guest for this episode, and we're so glad he was. Otherwise, this podcast would be a lot shorter. He and Nick talk publishing, they talk writing, they talk about a charismatic goat. Actually, the goat is barely discussed. I feel like I'm overselling the goat. I'll stop talking now. Good morning. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick, and I'm here as I am every week with a very special guest. This week, the very special guest is Ryan Rivas. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning. Oh, darn it. That's the wrong one. Good morning. There There we go. Hey, look at us. We should, I I don't know how to test that beforehand because, you know, we could either talk over the music or I could have you tap it and we could try to figure, let's just say that this is the best way to do it, that there is. Yeah. We're doing it live. Yeah. This is it. This Mm -hmm. is, there's no backup. There, well, I mean, there is technically. I mean, I, there's a dump button, and I can play music, and yeah, you know, Get we your can hand get on that dump button, Nick. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm <laughs> it's early. Let me find it. Where is it? <laughs> no, okay, you, got it. I don't got think, it. I don't think you'll need got it. it. We got ten seconds. <clears throat> Ready? Go. <clears throat> okay, That's we hit my, the dump uh, button. Can you yeah. can you guess what we said? Hey, good morning. Uh, to a certain degree, is a guest-driven show, I guess, because what I like to do is talk to people. Uh, I like to talk to new people, so I've known Ryan a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but not much. So I'd like to get to know you a little bit better. And what we're going to do is start out. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, but to start out, we're going to play uh, 20 questions, and it's sort of a word association game. And so what I do is change it up every week, and this week is no different. It's Overhill or Dale. So if you're for okay. something, okay. you're like, I am, I am behind this. I'm a hundred percent on this. It's over hill because what's mm-hmm. better than going over a hill? You feel like you've achieved something. Uh, Sisyphus is your homeboy. Like that's fun. <laughs> that is something that you've accomplished mm-hmm. over Dale. It's just mm-hmm. this plain grassy area. It's flat. Mm-hmm. Like you haven't accomplished anything. You're just walking through the pasture. Yeah. I'm feeling this choice. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Towing through the tulips, if you will. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I should do that one. I'll do that one next time. Okay. So Overhill or Overdale? Yeah. All right. Uh, it's still, uh, I'm still going with this because I still feel really fascinated by how people react to this, but Cadbury eggs, Overhill or Overdale? Dale. Yeah. I know some so people obsessed with the, with the cads. <laughs> Is that what we're calling them? Uh, that's what the, that's what the cad heads call them. The cad heads. <laughs> yep. No, I don't like the Those taste. Those so. Easy Dale. Okay. Very Easy good. Dale. Voicemail. Hmm. Hmm. This is a tough one because technology-wise, right? yeah, technology-wise, we've come so far. Like nobody, I, I, there's people. I'm getting to the point too where don't even like to talk on the phone. Yeah, I'm gonna say Hill because here's what I don't like talking on the phone, but I appreciate when someone leaves a voicemail because then I listen to it and I know what they wanted and whether or not I should call them back or not. And it gives you a little more context because you exactly. can hear the tone of their voice. Yeah, because I also don't like texting. Right. So voicemail for me is still useful. So. If you don't like texting, then I can just send you messages just completely in emojis. Yeah. I feel I mean, like you're down with that. You seem like an emoji kind of guy. I've been coming around to it. Are they, are they, I've, I can't be trusted to make sense with them or like there's sure. a lot of interpretation that goes into understanding right, right. what I'm using emojis for. Yeah. But I'd like to have a little fun with it. But um, yeah, for the most part, just give me a call. I won't answer it and uh, leave a long voicemail. Um, uh, you know, with your concerns. All right, let me go ahead and give out your number. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to call us and leave us a voicemail, you're welcome to do that at any time as well. How about colonizing Mars? 
Dale. Uh, you don't want to go? I mean, let's focus on Earth, right? Like, let's... Uh, I think I think we have, and I think we've shown what happens when we do focus on a planet. So let's... Well, maybe we maybe Mars doesn't deserve that then. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be fine. I'm I, sure. I guess. Although I would not be of the ilk that, you know, gets invited, I don't think. I don't think we'd... I, you and I... I don't think would be, you know, we're not uber rich. I feel like we're not uber rich. And because of the beards, I feel like a mm. lot of the mask systems won't work on us. Like I can't go yeah. scuba diving. Yeah. Also, the intergalactic TSA is just not going to let us. No, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, OK, how about uh, avocado hand? This has been coming up. Do you like avocados? I do. And do you know how to open an avocado? I'm not sure. I cut it with a knife in half and then yeah. I pull it apart. Yeah. And then you take the pit out. Yeah. A lot of people apparently don't know how to do that. So there's a trending hashtag. There's a lot of stories about it over the weekend. Avocado hand because <laughs> they just sliced their hand open. Oh, no. Trying to open the avocado because they have no idea how to open it. Mm. So, yeah, that's a thing. Now. So, Dale? because Because yeah, you know how get, to open get it. Get it together. Yeah. <laughs> Look up. It's There's tons of videos about it online oh. that you can do this. Okay. Zombies. Hmm. In what context? Yeah, so let's go both. Let's go in IRL. Mm -hmm. uh, so how do you feel there, over Hill or over Dale? Um, hmm. Let's see. I'm trying to think of something clever, so let me just go with Dale because zombies are scary and I don't want them to really right. exist. Okay, so then in the pop culture or literary sense, mm. so as a, as a symbol of whatever man's something towards something. Yeah. Also Dale, because it's a little cliche at this point. There's a lot um, of it, yeah. It can be, but you know, there's a, I'm not saying I'll never be Hill for it. Um, there's a great story about a, a zombie by Roxane Gay, like a tr like a Haitian zombie, like using the, the folklore of Haiti and, um, and it's really, really good. So exception to the rule. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, although I watch Walking Dead like a dummy. Even though it's so bad, um, I still say Dale. Is it bad? Did you read the? Uh, did you ever read the comics? <clears throat> I read uh, the first issue, and then I was like, I've, then I remember that I'm not super into comics. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. but I don't know. I am a maybe. I'm maybe my subconscious is making me uh, say Dale for some reason because I don't know. I'm I'm still a sucker for him. Like I'll watch a zombie movie, but I hate it. I hate, so maybe I hate watch it's it. It's like a guilty pleasure. Guilty for you. pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guilty okay, pleasure. Okay, so that's yeah. why you're dailing it. Mm -hmm. Got it. Uh, okay, but my so, heart says Hill. Yeah. <laughs> in my heart of hearts. Yeah. In my dead, dead heart. Um, uh, narwhals. Narwhals. That's over the. Hill or Overdale. The that's the whale. Corn whale. Yeah, Dale. I don't know. Internet memes. Weird. I just. So there was a new video that came out this week, and you should look it up. So nobody really knows what they use the horns for. So some, mm -hmm. everybody thinks it's to make holes in the ice or something along those lines. So they caught with a drone uh, some video of narwhals hunting fish, and they would actually smack the fish with the horns to kind of knock them loopy and then eat them. I thought that was so cool. So wait, narwhals are real animals. Narwhals are real animals, and they are basically uh, treat fish like pinatas. Yeah, okay, hill. Yeah. I've, that was easy. Yeah, did I, I change your mind on did, it? did, most definitely. Yeah. Did you also think they were mythical creatures? Um, I All I've seen of the narwhal is like a very cartoony, meme -y thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. A, like the little cat with the that farts the rainbows. Oh, yeah. Uh, so... 
yeah, honestly, I, I plead ignorance on that one. All right, very but good. now I've been enlightened. Fish pinatas. That's amazing. Just yeah. like beating fish with its horn. Yeah. Which you would think, I like that about the narwhal now, because you'd think they would stab them. They possibly, but if you did stab them, then how do you eat them? Exactly. Yeah, so you got to smack them. Yeah, so they've been given a Darwinian disadvantage, right? Right. And they're making the most out of it. And I'm going to write down fish pinata because I feel like there's something <laughs> yeah. that, either a band name. Yeah, at least a band name. Or a future bad business idea. <sighs> Right? Like, what do you put in the fish before you start hitting it with the narwhal horn? I think that would be very cool. Yes. All right. Over hill or over dale coffee? Oh, hill. Yeah. Hill, hill. 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 Mountain. Hill, yeah. yeah. Need I explain? <laughs> How much yeah. coffee do you drink during the course of the day? I'm fairly new to coffee last really? four or five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I try to keep it to, like, two good-sized cups. Uh but that's not always the case. Sometimes it's three or four. Sometimes you need it. But yeah, um, gets me going in the morning. Makes me, well, I guess tolerable. this is this is evidence of whether or not it's true right now. But right. I would say tolerable and uh, awake and, and semi-sentient. Well, I would say vivacious because okay. I don't know how you are usually. <laughs> but right now I'm getting, what I'm getting from you, if I had to just say a word, say Ryan Rivas vivacious. Oh, okay, thanks. Right there. Also, it was a little bit alliterative. And, uh, okay, driverless cars, mm. over hill or over dale. So I'm getting, like, not a whole technology thing from you. Yeah, I'm a Luddite. Watch out for me, FBI. Um, this is, well, it's a positive thing to shamble, say. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't no, really matter. Gonna, you can do anything. You now. can just basically throw um, a red, you know, mm -hmm. carpet. No, what is that thing called? The uh, bullfighting. Oh, yeah, the, uh, a cape. A cape, thank you. I think there's oh. probably a real word for that like a specific word yeah no um yeah the driverless cars i'm down for like driverless public transportation i feel like the driverless car thing it's too soon it's only we're not ready for it it's only going to lead to like the same tears um tears yes yeah uh the same sort of bad habits we have with smartphones like we don't know how to use smartphones yet we're also not ready for facebook like as a as a culture psychologically we can't handle it you know, right. I mean, I think the, we don't listen to our better angels. The communication that we have on Facebook, either everyone's agreeing with each other and patting themselves on the back or everyone's in a flame war over something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Overuse, uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons, you know, and we will not we will mess it up just like we've done. everything. <laughs> so you're not much on social media, but what is your favorite social media then uh, right now? Um, I like, I do like Instagram because yeah. it's just pretty pictures. Pretty Although pictures, now there's not ads. a lot of, uh, not a lot of links too. I think that's important. right. So. Exactly. And most people, most people aren't trying to sell things. Yeah. Um, although I was in the gym the other day and someone was talking about like getting Instagram followers to get sponsored by some like muscle milk or something. Well, and that's a big thing now. So you had, I think the very big, uh, example of that, it was the fire festival, right? Like everybody mm -hmm. heard about mm -hmm. that. And what you had was these groups paying people to promote it on their Instagram. I've got mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of followers. Uh, I will promote your brand, your product, whatever. Right. Uh, and the FCC just out, sent out letters to a bunch of people saying, hey, you know what? You have to make it very clear when these are sponsored. That's cute because, of them. Yeah. Right now you're, yeah. Thanks, Agit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, but, but I do agree with that. But Yeah, no, you should. But most of the time I don't want to agree with Mr. Pie, because you can't take anyone seriously. His name is Mr. Pie. Uh, if it was, uh, what if he sold pie, though? 
Well, okay, but you can't take anyone who's head of the FCC seriously. Yeah, no, that's true. I'm really just threatening, not really threatening. I You're really say calling that. out all your enemies. I'm putting today. myself in a. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Because I try position. to see, I try to stay very neutral in all yeah. this. If I don't show up for work today, um, Julia, please. Call, well, I don't know who you would call. No, you don't call anybody. <laughs> He's just gone. He's disappeared. <laughs> oh He's boy, been I've got nowhere left to go. Uh, so let's see. This? Let's see if locally you can insult some people. But okay. um, uh, had a really good talk with uh, Victor Davila last week about the Orlando flag. Yeah, and yeah. so you know they're going through the process mm -hmm. of redoing that. How did you feel about the original one, and how are you feeling about, say, the process of replacing it? Yeah, um, the original flag was the one that kind of has the cityscape on the cityscape, it. The cityscape, the two types of, yeah, the two types of trees, the, yeah. the found, like, look, we have buildings. Yeah, we have buildings. What it told me. Um, that one was not great, but it, it wasn't, like, offensive, necessarily. Um, also, you know, flags, another sign of nationalism, so let's just... You know, can we can we forget about it? But <laughs> the process, I think, was fine, especially because they asked the top four, I believe, to refine the idea. Yeah. Because everyone saw that that fountain looked like a whale tail. Yep. And, um, and the other one looked like a Kylo Ren mask. Yeah, And there exactly. were a couple of other issues. But great, great concepts. And it, it was all very happy. It was happening quickly. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think I think it was great. And but I don't know how they're choosing the. The final one. I don't think they're going back through a voting process. I think mm. the people have kind of spoken about which one they preferred, mm. and now it's going to the design committee and then eventually going to the city council. Yeah. Okay. Design committee also made up of like average citizens, too. So another Somewhat. reason to. I think so, because I was just at that board's thing. Oh, I'm, not yeah? a, I'm not a joiner, but I was there. I won't tell you why. Okay. And uh, great. I love you the know, mystery. The citizens are. You know, as a citizen, you can join. I think it's important to know that you too can have a say, especially if you're like, why did they do that? Oh, this was the thing where they tell you how to be a board member. They yeah. try to engage. They're trying to engage mm -hmm. a younger audience yeah. in order to be board board members exactly. on the 40 something different boards. 40 they have something for boards. The yeah. yeah. Oh, that's All great. kinds of boards, too. I believe the design commission is one of them. So. Thank you for going to that. Yeah. How yeah. was it? Um, it was good. I mean, you basically got to meet whoever you wanted, who was uh, like, I think they had the board chairs there to talk about them um, and free beer. Nice. Yeah. That yeah. may or may not be why I was there. Yeah. No, if I wasn't Canadian, I would go. Yeah. If I were a joiner, I would join a board. But So you just went to learn how to join a board, but you're like, I yeah, went, yeah, yeah. I went with a friend. I I'm not going to join. Okay. Yeah. Is she going to join? Who's my best friend? <laughs> uh she might. She just might. Okay. Well, that's good. At least yeah. someone in your family gets yeah, involved. Exactly. All right. Uh, so this may or may not be coming back and we'll have even more of these in our lives, but American Idol. Oh, no, Dale. Yeah. Yeah. No, not interested. What if we had a writing competition that was like that? I don't like think. On broadcast television. <sighs> and I'm not sure exactly the format. I'm just thinking typing. Yeah. Right there in front of people. I don't think. I'm not down with the writing as a competition. Um, uh, are you familiar with Literary Deathmatch? The uh, yes, yeah, yeah, the international traveling thing that has yeah, come yeah, to Orlando yeah. a few times. They yeah. almost did a TV show a while ago. Oh, really? That'd have been cool. That would because it's cool. not really a competition mm -hmm. in that in in their scheme. But um, but otherwise, no, I don't think we should do that. Also, who would judge it? It would be so boring. Yeah, people will be sitting there typing a lot. It sounds like something they would do in Norway as part of their slow television movement. Let's go to Norway. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, 
But let's go. Cheap flights. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, let's go. Expensive cities, cheap flights. All right. So, Ryan, um, publishing, writing is a big part of your life. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Borough Press and Page 15 and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, but how do you feel about cursive? Cursive? Oh, man. Should they be teaching it? Because apparently some states obviously have gone away from it entirely. Uh, and some states are trying to bring it back. How do you feel about it? This is a gut reaction. But I'm going to say we should just teach writing by hand. In however, in whatever way the chillins want, uh, because there's something valuable. And speaking of slow television, blah blah blah, like there's something valuable to that process of writing thinking things through, by hand, yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. through. Um, the way the brain. I mean, I think there's even studies about um, when you write something down by hand versus typing it. Um, there's a sort of extra step that your brain takes that helps you remember you know, helps with comprehension so yeah. and retainment. So, um, oh, I'm sure that's true of notes. I yeah. mean, that's why I do not only the notes in the computer for the show, for example, I do the written out notes also because I feel like technology will eventually fail us. Exactly. And so and my backup is, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of someone is texting me and this is weird. Oh, okay. It's just my wife. Okay. All right. <laughs> She's your best friend. She's listening. Thanks for listening. Yeah. 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 Um, it's good thing you said that. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to keep talking about you. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, what was I going to, but yeah, but cursive, I guess you need like a sort of system to teach, right? So you need like a standardized way of teaching yeah. handwriting. So I guess in a way I would be for it. Yes. Then, okay. um, but maybe, maybe a little less flourishy, you know, maybe just like teach oh, too fancy. Let's just teach it's regular writing, for yeah, regular handwriting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not a fancy man and I, I legit have a memory that I'll share with you because when I get these, uh, I don't know if they're true or not, but this seems to be real. When I was learning cursive in the third grade with Miss Halpern, uh, I we were learning the letter K, and I raised my hand and said that looks like a toilet because it's got oh, yeah. a lid the and a seat. K. Yeah, and uh, so now I'm definitely a hill. Yeah, cursive, bring it back. Yeah. Bring back the toilet case. Symbols all over the place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. And hobo signs. We got to teach the kids the oh hobo signs. Oh my gosh, that would be great. Yeah. All right. I mean, how else are they going to survive? Let's face it, they're not. <laughs> they're not the future. It turns out everything we've been told is wrong about children. Uh, uh, how about the beach? The beach. Um, you I were yeah, okay. Grew, grew up in Miami. Yeah, which doesn't mean anything. Be- well, you were relatively, mm-hmm. you were beachish. Like, I grew up in Daytona, and I yeah. hate the beach. Right. I don't want anything to do with it. I like sitting on the sand in clothes and under an umbrella looking at the ocean. So probably a cooler day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but otherwise, and, you know, sometimes like jumping in the water, but that's usually if I'm forced out there. And now, like, it was a lot easier to go to the beach in Miami. Now it's far uh, getting in a car. I don't like driving. I like the beach more than I like driving. So if mm. that puts it in perspective. Mm. Uh, yes. Like so you a, don't really like either is what I'm getting. Yeah, like a knoll. <laughs> like a knoll. Not a hill, but a knoll. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, very good. So last question, and then we will uh, play another song. How about Cobbler? Cobbler. Over hill or over Dale. Dale. No, not a big yeah. pie guy. Sweet tooth at all. Yeah. Um, okay. It's like come. It's on and off, right? No, I'll have like a week of desserts, and oh. then 
and then I'll. I would like to join you yeah. for that. <laughs> when is that? Well, it's not all desserts. The Borough Press it's Week of Desserts. <laughs> it's a fundraising scheme. I love. I'm going to write that down. Yep, Week of Desserts. Fundraising idea. Um, it's just uh, it's just that after I eat dinner, I get the sweet tooth, and so I'll have like a piece of chocolate or something, or a, you know, and like ice cool. cream. And then that sticks with me for like a week and then I don't care anymore. Oh, for, so you've got the, yeah. the memory mm -hmm. of it. That's mm -hmm. good. The muscle yeah. memory of eating that dessert exactly. is enough. Yeah. yeah. Not mm -hmm. even the memory of the taste, but just the, the, the mm -hmm. unctuousness. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's a word. Unctuousness. Yeah. All right. It is. So pick a question from a past guest, pink or green? Uh, pink. Okay. Do I get to one? ask this to you? No, you oh. have to answer this one. Oh, okay. So if you wouldn't mind reading it out loud and then answering it. If you could be any movie character slash hero, which one would it be? Mm. Movie. This is the this is the thing about not being. It's like I can be a movie. Like I can be a the the entire movie if I could be the entire movie. Yeah. Do you want to be the embodiment of the movie? Yeah. Okay. And that was the witch, right? That was the witch. Yeah, because you asked me that uh, earlier, and so I will stick with that. Because the witch is awesome, it's a W that is made out of two V's, mm -hmm. and um, it's moody, and um, there's a really charismatic goat in it, and I just want to be a part of that whole world, um, and you know I want to put my name in in Black Phillip's ledger and uh, and get the get the witch powers. Get the okay, so you want to be a superhero of sorts? Yeah, I guess in a way. Yeah, yeah. maybe like it's more or like super a super villain. villain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I want to make people more nervous uh when they're around me than than they are now yeah because i'm super nervous right now. <laughs> you look nervous yeah, yeah, yeah it's okay i'm not gonna do anything oh fantastic yeah. <laughs> that makes me feel better so we're gonna go to a break believe me and uh if there's silence after the song you'll know something's up so this is gonna be uh, cat power with willie thank you very much for that ryan and we'll come back with ryan talk about borough press eventually some bad business ideas and all sorts of stuff on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to a certain degree. And that's what came first, the chicken and the egg. I had, I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, hey, we're back. <laughs> uh, you're listening to a certain degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Ryan Rivas is here. Ryan, good morning. Good morning. And Ryan, you actually have your own show on WPRK. Used to. Used to. Used to. What? Yeah. That's a, that's a shame. Yeah. All right, that's fine. But, you know, if anybody wants to uh, start up a literary show on WPRK, they should, because we're no longer in the game. Jared, Sylvia, and I, we had a show called Functionally Literate Radio. Yep. We did it for about two years, um, and we did it less and less well as time we went on. bring that back as a podcast. Okay. As a, as a sort of every once in a while. Once in a while would be doable. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It was difficult to keep getting guests and, and to prepare. So even if we did get a guest, if you do get a guest, you want to prepare. And so we did. Right. And that was a lot of work, um, which was joyful for the first year. And then on, and then after and then that, it became, it work. became yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. So See, that's, that's why I don't prepare. That. Yeah. Oh, hey, <laughs> that's weird for me to say on air. Hey, no, let me take you back. I think this was before you born, you were born, but let me take you back to the eighties for a second. I was born in the eighties. You were born in the eighties? Yeah. What do you, what, how old do I look? Uh, very young. Okay. Very young. Significantly There's a portrait of me in an attic somewhere. Okay. Very good. Uh, so 
I was reading a lot. I got into reading through uh, Choose Your Own Adventure mm -hmm. books. So sci-fi fantasy yeah. was my jam. And it was around the time that Dungeons and Dragons was very controversial mm -hmm. in the yeah. 80s. Because Satan worshippers Yeah, and uh, people it. were, uh, there's some suicides yep. that were said to be caused by it or around it or mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So I remember, uh, I remember going to, uh, you know, listening to records backwards and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was great. Yeah. It was a great <laughs> yeah. time to be alive. How else we had, hear the hidden I'm messages? I'm so glad vinyl's coming back. <laughs> In that sense. But uh, my aunt uh, decided that she didn't want me reading those anymore, so she offered to buy all my books, which was fantastic, because then I got to go out and buy new books. So sci-fi fantasy, a lot of hardcore science fiction, a lot of fiction, and, you know, I've read just about everything. Um, and so the fact that Orlando's getting this cool literary scene is, is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But from what I understand, you weren't much of a reader when you were young. So this is me, like, eight, nine, ten years mm -hmm. old. You got into reading a little later in life. Yeah. Um, I didn't love books. It's not that I couldn't read. Um, it's just that I was a terrible. I'm glad you clarified Terrible that. slacker. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and out of practice. And so, yeah, I didn't really love books in, uh, until um, I didn't really technically love books till college. Uh, but I started to, you know, get get back into reading and and become interested in reading in my junior year of high school through short stories so um you know my language arts teacher assigned some short stories from like what would be considered contemporary and what to me seemed very contemporary in the context of a classroom in which we were reading the crucible and death of a salesman which was like Oof. this is so old timing yeah and that turned me off about reading too um i'd never like ya wasn't really a thing a market segment Nobody was trying to throw books at me. They were trying to get me to watch, you know, junk television or whatever. I don't know what was, what was, what they wanted kids to do back then. But anyway, I just never, it never clicked with me. And so, but reading uh, these short stories, one of them was The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien. Mm -hmm. One of them was Where Are You Going? Where Have You Been? by Joyce Carol Oates. One of them was uh, A Good Man is Hard to Find by Flannery O'Connor. I wouldn't consider that contemporary now, obviously, but at the time it was just a mixture of characters that seemed like they were a little bit more modern and then also just very very dark themes mm -hmm. and I realized um and where are you going where have you been has hints of like fairy tale and horror to it and suspense um that I just didn't really know I would find in a book you know I could just watch a movie and get that and so that started to suck me in I was like oh there are stories like this um you know where I want more of them I want to see more of them and so uh from that point, I was a little bit more open to reading and I realized there was more out there than I knew. And, um, yeah, by the time, by the time college came around, I was finding the right books, um, at least for the time and, uh, and reading them and enjoying them and then eventually getting this stupid idea about writing them one day, um, or editing them as it turns out. So yeah, I was a anti-literate child. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, and I like how you made that turn because what I think uh, Burr Press, which is the uh, publishing company that you now run, uh, does is have a lot of diversity in terms of the type of stuff that it brings to the table. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I feel like that's almost your background where, yeah, books weren't appealing to you and certain things weren't appealing to you. So it took a while before you found the thing. Maybe for some people it's poetry or maybe mm -hmm. for some people it's a, a reading 
uh, or an event mm -hmm. around that with an author coming in, like what yeah. you have coming up with Functionally Literate. Um, so I think that's what's great about it. You almost took that same sort of, uh, you know, way that you came about it and now we're bringing that to the table with Borough Press. Yeah. So how did that happen? Because you moved around for a while after mm -hmm. you graduated and then mm -hmm. you ended up back in Orlando. Yeah, I ended up back here. And um, before that, the year before, I taught high school um, in uh, Gainesville, outside of Gainesville. And um, I, it beat the crap out of me, but I would have kept doing it if, um, if I would have stayed. But my wife got a job back here and um, I was teaching English and language arts, they call it, I don't know, uh, an intensive reading uh, to the same group, um, sort of like in a block class. Mm -hmm. And um, I really liked the teaching aspect of it. I liked teaching the kids. I didn't like dealing with the administration. I didn't like the town uh, mentality that we were in. I won't name the town. And um, it was just like a weird little vibe. Um, and the and the administration wasn't very supportive of a school that had like 50% teacher turnover every year. It was weird. But the teaching part was awesome. So um, like they do every year uh, for the first few years in Alachua County, they fire you only to rehire you, to ask you back so you don't get on your union track. Great. Um, and they asked me back, but my wife got a job in Orlando. So I was like, all right, let's go back to Orlando. Um, I had no idea, you know, how to feel about it. I was just like, let's go. Cause that was a good excuse to <laughs> run away. Um, but I wanted to keep teaching. So I Googled creative writing jobs, Orlando, creative mm -hmm. writing, Orlando, blah, blah, blah. I found page 15.org, which looked uh, by the website, looked like a much bigger organization than one person. It was one person, uh, Julia Young. She'd just done uh, a summer camp program. It was the very first program yep. run out of the urban think bookstore. Um, uh, nice job, Julia, yeah. making it look bigger than it was. Yeah. Um, Young Writers Camp is what it's called. We're actually doing our 10th year of it now. That's mm -hmm. insane. Um, and it was a creative writing camp, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I was like, hey, can I volunteer or work for you, et cetera? This is my experience. And we met for coffee and uh, we both kind of connected over 826 National, which is a right. nonprofit started by Dave Eggers of McSweeney's, sort of associated with McSweeney's in a way. Um, originally in the, the 826 Valencia located in San Francisco, that was sort of in the same building for a little while, the tutoring as well as the, uh, publishing operation. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of inspired by that. Um, and the irreverence and like the focus on getting kids excited about reading and writing and create using creative writing as sort of the gateway for that. Um, not, you know, vocab instruction or whatever. So, um, we connected over that. I was hired, uh, part-time because that's all we could do then. And so I ended up working part-time the other half time at the uh, urban think bookstore doing some book slinging and, uh, yeah, yeah that's the rest why I is noticed history. your arm is very big it's, from all the books. Yeah. So you're still keeping up with that. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Big, uh, you know, yeah. I'm onto dictionaries now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a long time, but yeah. Oh no, you got to yeah. work your way up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could go into more detail, but I don't think I should cause that's, okay. it'll just all go on forever. Well, page 15, if you want to learn more about it, mm -hmm. that's amazing. And my son has done a few of the summer camps, a few of the that's after right, school yeah. program. Um, so you can listen to, you can go to page15.org or you can listen to the interview I did with Paul Driscoll, who's the mm -hmm. education director there. And, uh, but Borough Press. So how mm -hmm. did Borough Press come out of that? Because so, page 15 started yeah. first. Um, around 2010, 
um, I'd been hanging out with uh, Julia's good friend, Jana Waring, um, who actually is a, I believe she's an MLS grad. I know she got a oh, uh, master's in liberal studies, right? So yeah, that would be. Yeah, master of liberal um, studies here from Rollins College. Yeah. And um, we were, we were in a writing group together uh, with a couple others and um, exchanging stories, et cetera. And um, basically long story short, wanted to meet other writers and had the brilliant idea that like starting a publishing company would do that. Um, not that we just set out to start it, um, you know, from the ground up and blah, blah, blah. We would do, we decided we would do a book project. So yeah. we actually published Jana's thesis first as an experiment to make sure we could just like do it. Um, and so she had interviewed all kinds of people from Orlando, from the mayor to a homeless woman to Dr. Geek, who's passed away recently. Uh, he's, you might remember him from the magic games. He wore like a cat in the hat hat and he was kind of like a oh, yeah, yeah, performer, yeah. Yep. street performer and, um, all kinds of people. And, um, it was great. It was a great project. And we basically wanted to figure out how to put the physical object of a book together while we were doing it too. And, um, and succeeded, I think. So, after that, we thought, okay, well, let's do what we wanted to do, which was meet other writers, and let's do an anthology of short stories by Florida writers, and we'll reach out to Florida writers and see what we get. So not just um, Orlando, but the entire state. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as it turned out, we published 10 stories, and without knowing right off the bat before we accepted the story, I think like six or seven or eight of the people that we accepted uh, into the book lived in Orlando. And on top of that, they weren't just like fluke writers who wrote this great story and sent it in. They were like working writers or like, you know, intense hobbyists or they had an MFA or something like that. And they were, you know, they were working and then also writing and publishing on the side. Mm -hmm. um, and that was surprising and very cool because uh, at the time, um, I think the dominant literary engagement in Orlando was poetry open mics and poetry slams. Nothing wrong with those, but if you're a fiction writer, that's not totally your scene. That's not gonna, uh, if yeah, you dig prose you. or whatever, and you're, you know, it, it's just, it's different. And so, um, we had a reading for our, for our anthology at what was then, uh, flash forward urban think bookstore has closed. Like a lot of bookstores did independent bookstores in 2010, mm -hmm. um, and reopened as a sort of a community space for a little while. We had a, a book release party there. The authors came, the authors brought their friends and surprise their friends were also like into writing and reading and you know creative writing specifically fiction writing specifically and a lot of people came more than i would have thought and a lot of ideas came out of that reading so the um the sort of community at least my community began to form around around that reading series that's where i met jesse bradley who eventually started there will be words um a uh, couple months later maybe and then that's also where I met Nathan Hollick, who had the idea for 15 Views of Orlando, which was the second book we did. Um, and, uh, and so at this point, had Borough Press come about? or you So yeah, Bur it was the anthology was released under Borough Press. But okay. you, I mean, and I still don't necessarily know what I'm doing, but we didn't really have any idea what it meant to start like a full-on publishing house. You know, we printed copies. The book looked good. The book was professional. The stories were edited. Everything about it was professional. But, you know, we didn't like have a publishing schedule or a catalog and distribution or anything like that. Sure. We just did, it was, you know, it was a local project. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, we were fully formed as an LLC. And then um, another jump cut, Jana moves to LA 
and says uh, graciously, uh, you can have Borough Press. And I was like, okay, great. I don't have any money. I don't know what to do, but we'll do something. And so at that point, um, this was before 15 Views of Orlando came out. Um, I thought that would be a good project to put into print next. And But, you know, I didn't have any money to fund the book. So, um, because that's what it takes, sadly. And I was, you know, working at page 15 and under under a larger... 501c3 umbrella called Urban Think Foundation, which is effectively just the 501c3 holder for literary programs. Sure. Page 15 was its only program for a very time. long time. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, maybe we can shove Borough Press under that umbrella and see what happens. And that worked. Borough Press became a nonprofit. Um, I love how and, that's uh, how you put it probably to Julia was, let's shove this under yeah, here. Let's just cram it in. What do you yeah. think? <laughs> um, no. And yeah, it, it, it was a good fit, I think. Yeah. And, um, since then, although it's not always obvious, there's a a close connection between all the writers we know in the community who are working writers, teaching editors, journalists, and the students at page 15. They actually, you know, they can get, because we've made these connections, um, you know, the instruction in the programs often comes from, you know, professionals. Like it's a real, it's a legit experience. Right. Um, and so that's really helpful too. Um, I think in, in running good creative writing programs is having writers teach them. So, um, so yeah, so we work closely together. We still share an office, although, mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit bigger now. Their page 15 has some more employees now too, as you met, you met Paul. Um, and yeah, just, it, it start, started to grow from there basically like, but Borough Press was not always, uh, or it really was never a, uh, in, there's never a bigger vision or picture for it in the, in the beginning. Um, and it's, it's sort of a labor of love and labor of love and, and community based too, in the sense that like we're doing local projects, writing about the city of Orlando. We did right. three 15 views of Orlando books. Um, well, what's nice about it is you're, you're building your own community to help in a way to help Burr press function, uh, better, uh, mm -hmm. to be a successful business for mm -hmm. lack of a better term, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, page 15 is doing better because, both of the groups can kind of feed off of the popularity of the other one. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing is I think living here, living in Orlando for about 20 years is you kind of think like, uh, where, where, where are all the creatives, mm -hmm. right? Like sometimes they don't have an opportunity to come together. So, you know, you, what you did was give them an opportunity to come out because it wasn't people moving here for the literary scene. Right. It wasn't even people staying. It was people who were already here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, putting a focus on that and giving them a space to go mm -hmm. besides, and there were some places already doing that, of course. Oh yeah, but absolutely. I think that, you know, there's this critical mass finally mm -hmm. of those types of organizations and those types of events finally all coming together. And we have that and we're seeing that on the literary side. Mm -hmm. We're seeing that on the creative, uh, you know, the arts uh, obviously in mm -hmm. a couple of other places as well. So what is the literary scene in Orlando right now? Or how would you describe it to people who are coming in from, out of town or people even here who have no idea mm -hmm. what's going on. Uh, it's weird. Uh, it's great. It's interesting to talk about. It's weird. Say, great. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, I say weird too much. So I was trying to correct myself. Um, it's interesting because Orlando doesn't have all the literary pillars that a city normally has. Um, like a, a strong independent bookstore. We do have a strong independent bookstore book market, but it's tiny and uh, perhaps growing, so that's really good, but very, they don't, you know, um, they're located in the lovely, um, in uh, 
in, in Audubon Park and they just opened a location in, in Blue Bamboo. They're sort of like within other uh, spaces, spaces right? and they yeah. really do fulfill a community need. They, um, they, um, what do you call it? They focus a lot on local authors mm -hmm. um, and, and leading into the next point, Orlando has a lot of quote unquote local authors. Sometimes that's taken as a pejorative, but like legitimate, amazing authors who are publishing with big publishing houses or independent presses and like doing the work. And so, um, and so book market is a wonderful um, sort of display for them and a display for Orlando's literary community. Um, and they also carry other books too, but I would love to see them become uh, a full service bookstore. Uh, so, you know, go spend all your money on books there. Well, um, we need a destination exactly. of some kind as well, right? Exactly. Like to come together for something like that. Yeah. And some other places function as that stardust to a certain extent. Sure, and some sure. other places like that. But yeah, we need yeah, that. But like a, in a pure literary space or a, a, an obviously literary a space. literary space. A literary space. Yeah, pure literary. Um, but yeah, so while we don't have that huge pillar and we don't have, for instance, like, uh, and a lot of cities don't have this anymore, but like a books section in the newspaper, in the daily, mm -hmm. um, there's not a, a, a critical literary culture, if you will, um, or even like a books culture per se. Um, so it's harder for people to, who love to read to sort of engage and connect. But luckily what we do have is, like I said, a lot of writers, um, some published, some unpublished, some very committed to um, supporting other writers and creating events. So we have a ton of literary events going on at least once a week. Um, and this is a way for people who love books to engage with books, um, whether it's seeing an author read and sign their book, who's visiting and coming through town or, um, going to an open mic, which we have plenty of, but also going to, let's say, uh, a reading series that has sort of pre-selected its writers. Um, there's a great new one, newish one called loose lips which is uh and full disclosure apparently i'm reading there in june i've been roped into this but it's run, nice by, job. run by todd cavanis who uh, used to run speakeasy which is a really really right. long-running yep. open mic at will's pub now um this is a closed mic i don't know what what you would call it at lil indies uh in which five writers have to create something inspired by the last 30 days of news so it's sort of like ch a challenge for writers to sort of create new work based on the terrible, terrible times we live in. Um, so I could name a ton of them, but, um, we have a sort of culture of writers who are doing things and supporting each other that, um, most cities don't. Cause if mm. you think about most cities, there's a lot of cities. So Chicago, New York, several. they have them, yeah. but not so every city right has, there. yeah, not, you can say about every city that there's something literary to do, you know, once a week. Um, and that, that's true of Orlando, I think. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot, a lot of, a lot of writers live here and, and come out too. And it helps, it helps too, that we have, uh, we have Rollins college here. We have the university of central Florida who has an MFA program. It's had one for a little while now. Um, full sale has creative writing students. So there's th that, that academic culture. I wouldn't say that academia is really a thread within the Orlando literary community because it's sort of separate, but certainly the teachers in those programs, um, I'm all f familiar with all of them and they're all cool. They come out to events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even, you know, we're not doing like, it's not an academic scene. I wouldn't say it's not like based out of the university. Like a lot of cities actually do kind of have their literary culture based out of like an MFA program or right. um, something like that. But, um, but it helps that in addition to having these great, 
professors and, and teachers who are committed to teaching writing. You have students who are cycling through too. So you get this sort of younger element, starting things, trying things out, coming and exploring. So some of the pieces are there. And, um, but the most important thing that keeps the, the community going, I think, is just the people who are willing to do events, invite readers to come out, uh, invite writers to come out, spread the word, et cetera, and get people excited about writing. Well, because I want to get into that process a little bit more about, you know, sharing your writing and being part of community, how important that is to you. But I think that the reason people do that, it's not just the general enthusiasm of doing that and getting to know other people. It's because they know their writing is going to get better mm-hmm. by participating in these events. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't read at the event itself, mm-hmm. just by going and listening to somebody else read no, or going and doing that stuff. I think that's I think that's one of the more important things that it took me a long time to learn because I'm mm-hmm. of the mindset sort of this old school mindset of, well, if you have a good idea, keep it to yourself Mm, because mm -hmm. somebody might steal it. So (laughs) if you're going and collaborating with other people, that becomes dangerous. Yeah. And so that's kind of where bad business ideas came from. I'm just going to throw everything out there. Yeah. And see if uh, somebody wants it. Yeah. You know, public domain. Forget. Yeah. Take it. Take (laughs) it. Go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think with creative writers specifically, like fiction writers, Unless you're talking about like commercial fiction, you know, like if you got a really good vampire idea, I, there's you, totally different. Do you have I one? I don't. I don't. Oh, darn it. I, I wouldn't tell you if I didn't. <laughs> um, but no, uh, it, it was a different vibe. And um, I've described the Orlando scene before as being more about like camaraderie than competition. Mm-hmm. And I think that's generally true in the creative writing world. Um, in the publishing world, even I, I've, I've been on the phone with, you know, some publishers of like bigger houses and, and mid-size, impressive size presses and independent presses. And they're just willing to talk and give advice. And cause it's like, we're all working in, uh, you know, to champion literature. And so, um, why not work together? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and while there's definitely a business side to it and there's definitely a competitive side, Orlando is far removed from the industry. Um, you know, there's not a ton of publishing companies here. Um, I wouldn't say there's a there, publishing industry here. Well, yeah, uh, there's you. Yeah. yeah. And there are a couple others. Oh, there um, are. Okay. Yeah. Um, beating Windward Press is oh, a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, there's a newer one coming up called, um, I don't want to screw it up. No, I'm going to say it wrong. Okay. We'll <sighs> say it later. It starts with an S. Yeah. Sam. Um, Sorn. Because there's a sack. Samsonite salad. <laughs> um, I'm oh, gonna, I'll look it up in the next musical break. I thought we were yeah. playing a game. I thought I it was a we guessing were. game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's because it's because Stoic. I'm thinking of a press called Siglio, and that's a different press. Um, Consigliere. So I got confused. But oh, that um, would be a good name for a press. That would be. Yeah. But anyway, there's there's people doing things, and uh, and but it's not it's not part of that like industry industry where there's there's literary you know trade media mm-hmm. and like 50,000 bookstores and like, you know, on Manhattan Island, like it's just less intense. Um, however, I think it is important because it is a business and whatnot. Like that, that's nice, but it is important to, um, engage with that in some way, whether it's, you know, with the, in New York or in Orlando, sure. in any community that you're in, it's important to get out and like see what other people are doing. Because also if you're writing in your house, or basement or wherever coffee shops, wherever you choose to write and not reading like what's being published, uh, what other writers are doing, whether you're reading it, Mm -hmm. uh, following it on the internet to some degree or to a certain degree, even, uh, 
or um, or engaging with like a literary community to see like what people are doing, then you're isolating yourself in a in an in a. You've got this bubble around you that you can't really grow. Yeah, and like yeah. you don't have to go out and you know love what everyone's doing or whatever. But presumably, when you if and when you publish your book, right, you want people to read it. And if you're not reading or making an attempt to read at times what other people are publishing, um, you know, even if that means you, you read 10 books that you don't like and one book that you do, if you're not making that attempt, then why would you expect anyone else to be interested or read your book? Right. Like, I feel like it's very important for writers to be literary citizens and um, because whether you're a writer or a reader or a bookseller or a librarian or a reviewer, like you're a part of this ecosystem and you can't just put one thing into it. You know, you can't just say, well, I'm a writer and I might, I force my writing upon the world and that's all I do. I don't read and I don't review others or I, I don't give feedback and like it, it's, it's just not realistic. And also yeah. it's sort of like weird and like, you know, and even if you're antisocial, there's a way to engage in a, in a productive way. Um, and it's also, it becomes a valuable experience too, um, because people who choose to write are a little off. There's something just off about them. And people who choose to review books, people who choose to engage in the literary world, if you've ever met a bookseller or a librarian or a writer, anyone, there's something off about all of us. Oh yeah. And connecting with those people um, and being involved in some way, it's not necessarily, you know, subscribing to every literary magazine. It's not necessarily you know, buying every new hardback that comes out because that's tough on most writers too. Um, but even like volunteering at the library or just using the library, checking out books, um, going and buying an, a book from your independent bookstore once a month or whatever, um, going to a reading. There's so many ways you can do it and you don't have to do all of them, but to completely lock yourself away is unrealistic. And I feel like you're in for a rude awakening um, when you come out into the world, because if you've blocked out the world and then you come out into the world with your book and you're like, read me, I'm important. Uh, no one is going to no one's immediately gonna embrace yeah. you because yeah. where have you been the whole time? Um, you need to be part you know, of it. Yeah. And, um, to a certain degree that is. All right. Well, yeah. let's you still got to write. <laughs> yes. And we still have to plug the show. Yes. Uh, so I appreciate that. So let's listen to a couple of seconds of acetone with a few dollars more. We're going to play some commercials and then we're going to come back. All right. With another song. Yeah. And some bad business ideas. Yes. I'm widening my eyes, but you're, you're very excited about this. I love it. And uh, you're listening to WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Yui on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Drive Until He Sleeps from their album, Lifelight. Good morning. You're listening to A Certain Degree. And uh, this hour of music is actually brought to you by uh, Ryan Rivas. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. So Ryan is my guest today of Burro, Burro Press. Burro. Uh, and basically what you chose, you, you took you a lot of time to figure out what your uh, favorite, I ask all the guests, yeah. what's your favorite band? What's your favorite music? You know, that's that sort question. of thing. And you had a real scientific sort of algorithm to come up with that, which I, I appreciate. Yeah. And it was DJ Shadow. So it was like, well, you took the time to do this. And DJ Shadow is obviously important to you. So I, I tried to pick an hour's worth of music that was, you know, related in some way. Yeah. Good job. So starting out with Yui, uh, you know, kind of felt like a little bit of uh, something that DJ Shadow might appreciate. DJ Shadow, if you're listening. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. For everything that you do. Thanks, Shadow. 
Are you on? <laughs> wow. Okay. I didn't know okay. you didn't I'm gonna be okay. know him all that well. Yeah, so, jo- Ryan. I think his name is Josh. Josh. Yeah, of course I it think. is. Yeah. I'm not. You're you know, guessing not on a lot of names today. So maybe you should just stop. Oh, yeah. Oh, speaking yeah. of which, let me get in that press's name. Yes. Sibilant Press. Sibilant Press. Up and coming press in town. Nice. I really yeah. like that name. It's a good name. It's a great yeah, name. Yeah. And I know they're listening. So go ahead yeah. and, you know, call in. Maybe you want to be on the show in the future. Yeah, I'll have I was all the say, don't, don't let them on now. This is my time. Nick. I'll have all the presses on <laughs> you should. in the future. You should. Hey, I, I wanted to talk to you before we get to my bad business ideas. So this is kind of one that's out there has some controversy because even though your uh, your press is more fiction writing, you know, I came from mm-hmm. the the marketing writing background mm-hmm. uh, is a lot of what I did. And so that sort of creative community is a big part of what we do and who we mm-hmm. are here in Orlando. But there's, uh, you know, it's becoming more of a commodity, whether it's copywriting or art, graphic design, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So Fiverr, yeah, Fiverr are you yeah. familiar with the yes. site? So I've done, I've had a couple of logos done, including the logo for, uh, you know, the show and, and bad business ideas and stuff like that. I actually mm-hmm. have a, a song that was put together that I keep forgetting to play for bad business ideas. Oh, I should play it at the end yes. if I think of it. And, um, but what do you think about that in terms of how, how it's affecting maybe writing to a certain extent or mm-hmm. art in general or the creative community? How like the gig economy? Is, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, that's a tough question. I think uh, writers have been um, sort of maybe knocked down a peg in the uh, hierarchy of, of skills uh, wrongly, I think. Oh, for um, sure. Because, yeah, the writing is at the heart of everything we do, and yet we seem to pay writers the least uh, for their work and compensate them the least. Um, well, because you think it's just words, right? Like, mm-hmm. I just need copy on this page. Mm-hmm. It's almost, it becomes a check mark to some people. Right. And um, and to me, that's that's careless, and that's because... Language is the, you know, it's basically the, I'm about to like sound like a PSA, like language is the bedrock of communication. But, oh um, but you know Did what? Did you just think of that? That's amazing. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. I think, I mean, who would have thought that language is what we use to communicate with each other? Come it's on. It's like a weird concept. It's emojis. Um, it's, yeah, it's emojis. Oh, sad banana. But um, <laughs> is that an emoji yet? Because it should be. Patent pending. Yeah. Um, but no, so because yeah, I'm getting in the business mood now. With mentioning so that's exactly terms. why I went this direction. Yeah, good. Um, no, I mean, I think I don't think I don't think writers are valued as, as much as they should be. Um, and case in point is just like the fact that uh, so many writers are poor and or have to make you know their way um, with side gigs, with freelance writing, with you know, there's not like a full time position. There's not a lot of full time paying positions for. Right. Uh, you know, for writers, for writers. Yeah. It comes with other baggage, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. Unless you're David Sedaris, in which case oh, you right. want him doing other stuff and then writing about it. True. Yeah. It's like, yeah. go do this, David. We're going to put you on a clean this on, house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, let's yeah. see if we can come up at least one of these, uh, ideas. We may be able to bring some writers in. Ryan, may I call you Ryan? Yes. Great. We've been talking a lot of we've been talking a lot about words on the show. Like words move you, they cause you to do things, they inspire you. So the British Psychology Society, the old BPS, which mm-hmm. we all are well aware of, conducted a study and found that certain words actually make you feel stronger and give you more stamina. 
Mm. Did you know that? I did not. Did you know what type of words they specifically used in the study? Verbs? Uh, sort of. They could be verbs. Uh, Do you want to guess some more or is that it? What type of word? Ac yeah. Action verbs. Action verbs. Which is a maybe a redundant. Right. Swear words. Swear words. Yeah, it was actually swear words. They conducted an experiment where people biked and did one of those hand gripping things. Uh. Uh, and they did them sometimes without saying any swear words. And then after saying swear words, the same people. In both cases, people performed better after swearing. Okay. <laughs> so what is that? Where does that leave us? Mm. So F-bombs at the field. The G word at the gym. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if there is a G word. I don't swear. We could find So that. I don't know. I, I guess that's why I always feel so weak is because I don't swear. So I should. But <laughs> here's the thing. What's going to happen if everybody starts swearing all the time? Because, right, mm -hmm. we should. Mm -hmm. What this say, what is this saying is it gi it's giving us a reason to swear yeah, constantly. Yeah. Health all reasons. The time. Yeah. So what happens, though? Uh Right. What happens if this becomes the norm? Yeah, if everybody's um, swearing all the time. You know, society gets very sweary. And the words mean nothing anymore. Sure. Because there's the, the whole point of profanity is that is it to be doesn't profane. happen that often. Mm -hmm. Right? So let's forget about the F-bombs and the K-words and other exclamations. Let's make people a custom swear word just <sighs> for them. Because we don't want them rendered meaningless. We want you to have, Ryan, you have your own swear word. Mm -hmm. And I have mine. And that's our power word. Yeah. Right? So how do we do that? You may ask. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you ask that? How do we do that? Nick? Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> For a very small fee, we'll run a number of tests on you. So basically, we'll get you on a treadmill, other exercise machines. We'll measure your heart rate, your liver rate. I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, I'm not a biologist or yeah. a doctor or anything. This is where you come in. <laughs> because basically, you're going to decide on one of these ideas and you're going to run with it. So okay, you're going to yeah. have to be the biologist. I've got a team of doctor. scientists we can use. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So, and then we'll get you to yell out different syllables, not even words, just okay. different syllables and non-curse words to see which are the most effective in motivating you. And then from that, we'll mash sort of, and this is where the writers come in, potentially. Mm -hmm. We'll mash that all together into the perfect swear word, the perfect profanity for you. So what do we call this? I don't know. Provanity. <laughs> or swear and tear. So either way. <laughs> so that's the idea. That's idea number one, provanity. Oh, man, that's going to be a hard one to top. It, you said it, this was bad business ideas? These are terrible business I don't ideas. Know. Okay. So, Ryan, have you ever made a mixtape for somebody? Maybe it's a CD or something yeah. else. Mm -hmm. you, you, a mixtape, actually. Okay, yeah. very good. So, and I don't know. So, let's just call everything a mixtape. You may yeah. press your own vinyl. I don't know. But Sometimes. Yeah, as we all do. That's why I have the scientists. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but call it a mixtape. Have you ever received a mixtape, especially from someone, a special someone? Yes. Yeah. What's that experience like? Uh, at first, terrifying. Because what if the songs are bad? Uh, yeah, okay, but, um, very good. But then, yeah, joyful because what better way to communicate with someone than through someone else's music and exactly. lyrics and and the, and the meanings. And mm -hmm. so it, it's something you can interpret. And most of the time it's very positive, right? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, this is great. These yeah. songs are about love or cantaloupe. Mm -hmm. I don't know, yeah. whatever yeah. it is. Uh, and, you know, depending on the time that you get it, it's very meaningful as well. Like at the beginning of a relationship, it can be very meaningful, but mm -hmm, even, mm -hmm. you know, during a relationship, it can also be something that you make a conscious effort for. Yeah. And so there's that conscious side of the mix, right? Like you, there's these songs, they're romantic, potentially most of the time they're going to be romantic, but maybe there's an unconscious side or subconscious side mm -hmm. as well. 
Are people any good at interpreting that? I would say I wish they were better. Yeah, they are not. Yeah. For the purposes of this conversation, yeah, they're, they're terrible. They're, they're awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where our new company comes in. So if you get a mixtape or CD <laughs> or pressed vinyl, you send it to us and our experts will listen to it. And I mean, really listen to it. You'll get back an in-depth analysis of the deeper meaning of the songs, in between the songs, you know, potentially about the artists themselves. We can analyze all of that. Like what stage was the artist in when they recorded that song? <laughs> so by picking that song, what did you mean by putting it on there? The handwriting on the mixtape mm, itself mm -hmm. uh, could be something you could yeah. analyze and so much more. So yeah, I'd appreciate it. We're going to do a quick role play. Okay. Uh, in this first scenario, you'll be Sam Baldwin and you will have made me, Annie Reed, a mixtape as we meet on the Empire State Building for Valentine's okay. Day. Annie? Annie, Annie. Reed. Uh, okay. I'm Annie. You're Sam, okay. uh, as played by Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan okay. yeah. in the classic Sleepless in Seattle. And I've made you a mixtape. You've made me a mixtape, because mm -hmm. I don't know if that happened. I've never seen the movie, but mm -hmm. let's assume that it is, and I needed yeah. to choose some people sure. for this. Okay. Annie. Sam. I, did she have a Southern accent? Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay, great. Sam, you made me a mixtape. I sure did. Uh, I love it. I've got the vapors. Yeah. It's also cold up here. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, I listened to the mixtape. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Good. What? Yeah. What was your favorite song? The one about love. Oh, yeah. They were all. A lot of those. Love. Yeah. I hope you got the message. Yes. That you were sleepless and now you're no longer. Yeah. Because sleepless. of you. Or Amy. in Seattle. Yeah. Because you're here in NYC. Yeah. It's scary here in the big city, isn't it? And scene. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and on a dark note. Now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's scary. <laughs> that's you like. went from Seattle so to New York, so it becomes significantly well, scarier. Different coasts, you mm -hmm. know. Time zones, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Okay. Now, Annie has gotten the mixtape analyzed. <laughs> uh-huh. So, and now they're meeting on the Empire State Building. Oh, okay. Oh, hello, Sam. Hey, Annie. Uh, so, this mixtape. Yeah. You gave me. Mm -hmm. uh, why is there? Why did you put Buddy Holly in there? Did you know he died in a plane crash? Well, I didn't think about it when I put him out. He's a great musician. Uh huh. Uh -huh. And it's a it's a song called uh, "Love All the Time Around the Clock." <laughs> so I figured I love you all the time around the clock. By an artist who died in a plane crash. Yeah. Now, what about the police? This "I'll Be Watching You" song. It turns out that's about stalking. Oh. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. I just thought about how I like to watch you all the time. Um, oh my! You know, I have the all vapors of again, love, but for different reasons. But it, it, Annie, I, I was just trying to say that I love you quite, a, quite a lot. And there's a lot of Cure and the Smiths on here, so that mm. is, that is, uh, that is a, that's a problem for me. I gotta go. Uh, but Annie, why, where are you, where are you going? What and you... scene. <laughs> <laughs> See, so now we have the mixtape yeah. analysis. Yeah. So uh -huh. uh, I've come up with a couple of uh, names for it. Okay. It, very good scenes, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you. yeah. So uh, I really enjoyed that. And so maybe we should watch Sleepless in Seattle after this. Let's let's do it. Yeah. Why don't we watch it during the next break when we play some music? Because awesome. I think it's a short. It's a short, right? Yeah. Well, we could do like with the podcast, so we can times four speed or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just watch it Perfect. real fast. Okay. So we could call this mixtape analysis uh, new company. Mm -hmm. Read between the chimes. <laughs> Uh, con song, assuming that everyone's trying to lie. Uh, audio audit or audit, which I don't think stands for. Uh, or sound scrutiny. Sound scrutiny. Uh, which I like. I think mm -hmm. that's the winner for me because I'm a sucker for alliteration. Yeah. What does your music stand for? That's our tagline. So mm -hmm. sound scrutiny or pro vanity. 
where we make up swear words for you. Your power swear word. This is hard um, because both are great bad ideas. They um, are. What's the best of the worst? Oh, man. If you had to choose one, and you do. And this is something I have to then you're going to run this. Yeah. yeah. So the based CEO. on your, based on your success, falling into sort of this publishing industry and mm -hmm. continuing with that, I feel like you're the right person for this job. Yeah. You're, you've got the business sense. Mm -hmm. You've got the acumen. Mm -hmm. You know what acumen means. I do. Yeah. So yeah. you I have drive it all an acumen Integra. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. So this is how I'm going to parse this one out. Okay. Because the swear word company Provanity mm -hmm. involves a little bit involves the creation of a word. Mm -hmm. I feel like I am more qualified to take the helm and find the writers to invent these words. Whereas uh, writers do love to read and analyze work and, and, you know, deep reading is a part of what we do as writers and close reading that would come in handy in the uh, mixtape company. I still am. I'm down with the idea of creating uh, new words, not so keen on commodifying the words and and get you know having one person own them but we can figure out a way to you know maybe that might be the next phase of, of the company it goes into, yeah. it goes mm -hmm. into the lexicon and all yeah. that yeah because yeah, i mean are these words going to be up for uh the uh, oxford and webster's they could be uh you know, uh, word think, of the year yeah i think we take over those organizations okay, as part of this yeah. we can absorb them I yeah. Think. yeah yeah okay yeah. cool yeah, yeah. no i'm down from the, what i understand yeah this is yeah yeah and then, of course, you might have to come back after a while because obviously your swear word might become meaningless as well if you keep mm -hmm, using it. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. Then you need a new one. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So maybe this is a, a subscription base. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Four times a year, you get a new swear word. I like this. Yeah. yeah. I like this a lot. It's got some legs, um, as we say in the business. Yes. All right. Pro yeah. vanity. Pro vanity. You heard it here first, folks. Thank you, Ryan. And uh, we'll come amazing. back. We're going to talk about some music. So right now, let's play some DJ Shadow. Let's which do is it. One of yours. Uh, you can't go home again on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. DJ Shadow on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. That was you can't go home again. Possibly, this is the album that came up, which I think is very timely and appropriate. The Private Press. Yes, huh. that's correct. That is. You picked the most literary song title, You Can't Go Home Again. I did that totes on purpose. Yeah. And I say totes. So yeah. that's very literary, I yeah. feel like, as well. Yeah, because writers always carry tote bags. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, They're the most, they go me. crazy for tote bags. They go nuts for yeah. totes. It's Good weird. morning. My name is Nick. Thanks, Ryan, for saving me from that one. <laughs> Ryan Reeves is here from Borough Press. Borough Press. What's the URL? Uh, BoroughPress.com. Thank you yeah. very much. And so you've got a lot of stuff coming up, and we'll get to uh, that. Cool. Uh, in terms of plugs and things like mm -hmm. that. But if you want to go to BoroughPress.org and learn .com <laughs> .org, learn more about it, uh, just look up BoroughPress. You'll find yeah. it. Yeah. Eventually, we'll you'll be get at there. least, yeah, I think like fifth page on Google. Yeah. There's a lot of donkey related. Uh, so many uh, yeah websites so we're um, working our way up there also burrowing owls are ahead of us um, well they're so cute I know oh my gosh no it's the first hit just go there yeah, just yeah. yell it into you can get tell Siri or something I don't know what the kids do these days yeah tell Google Siri or Apple Siri yeah what to do all the time uh, so let's talk about DJ Shadow let's talk about music yeah. in general I so okay you're a driver 
Yeah. You drive a car. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Reluctantly. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we all do. Uh, you're a writer. Sure. Yeah. You are a publisher. So you edit mm -hmm. and you publish and you mm -hmm. do that sort of thing. When do you listen to music? Uh, as much as possible. Um, lately, as I was telling you, my car does not have a, a jack for my device. So uh, I listen to it less in the car than I used to. Mm -hmm. I would always listen to it in the car, road trips, etc. Um, and then I usually listen to it during the day when I'm doing non-writing or editing tasks. It's usually there's always something going on uh, in the background. So pretty much as, as much as possible, I listen to music. So when you're writing and editing, you don't have anything on? No, that's the exception because I need to... Uh, like I need kind of silence for that. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. At time with writing, um, there are exceptions sometimes, but it has to be something that usually doesn't have lyrics. And mm -hmm. I usually end up putting a song that makes me feel a certain way on loop. Um, a song that I kind of know by heart, um, and, and has affected me in a particular way. Like at that time, you know, and not, not even like, a, like a subconscious way, just like, Oh, I really love that that melodic turn and okay, yeah. put it on, loop it. But that's more like, uh, that's more when I need like a little bit of a pick me up because the writing has become like, really, I'm just in a slump, but right. I need to keep going. So, so sometimes I'll do that. To, you know, you need a yeah. lift. But for the most part, I got to keep it silent. So do you ever, when you want to write or you're, you're trying to write something, maybe it's sad. Maybe you're trying to write something that, mm -hmm. uh, you, you're trying to emote something or trying to make people feel something. Do you put on something sad? Um, no. No, no, it's silence at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah I usually think so. Of something it's just sad. the when you're blocked or when you're you're up against some sort of you're stuck on something. Yeah, is when you listen to the upbeat stuff. Yeah, I feel like it's because I have a like a sort of uh, ADD. It's not a diagnosis thing, but I just I have a bad attention span, um, and so it's I a distracted. And writing takes like incredible focus, yeah. um, as does editing. So I have to kind of make sure I'm focused on the words and. Um, if there's, especially if there's words going on in the song, like, I don't know, my brain will just drift to that. And you just start writing yeah. lyrics. Yeah, a lot Jack Nicholson and the shining. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if other, how other people do it, but I can't, I can't really listen to music. Uh, so then. besides just putting on that song, that sort of, uh, I know the song very well and I know that it'll give me a little bit of lift. Mm -hmm. What do you do when you're stuck? What do you do when you're in editing too, right? Like that mm -hmm. could, you're, you're, you're trying to help somebody with a turn of phrase. You're trying mm -hmm. to help somebody. This doesn't seem as clear as it could be. Mm -hmm. How do I get it a, a little bit better? Or how do I help this person get mm -hmm. it a little bit better? What yeah. do you do when you get to that point? Um, hmm. I guess I put my head in my hands and stare into nothingness until I figure it out. <laughs> That's a really good way of doing things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because honestly, if I put music on, it'll just become a distraction. Oh, sure. So, but I mean, some people yeah. go for a walk or some people oh, have to get yeah. away from it for um, a minute. So it's not always music related, of course. Yeah, no, I, I make I force myself to, to do it. I mean, sometimes, yeah, I'll get up and and like if I'm lucky, I haven't had too much coffee because <laughs> that's a good excuse to get up. And yeah, sometimes, yeah, if I need a break, but I don't necessarily... Yeah, I was interpreting your question differently. Like when I run across a challenge, I usually kind of sit there and try to work through it. But yeah, when I when I hit a wall, getting up, petting the dog, uh, is that a well, euphemism? No, 
No, literally petting the dog. Literally petting okay. the dog, right, making enough. a cup of coffee, stepping outside. I used to smoke cigarettes, and that was bad for that. Um, that that's what I would do. Roll a cigarette because it also takes longer to do that, and you do less of it. Um, but I stopped that because that's bad for you. Um, yeah, no, you know, just kind of like some of those things. Shake my head. Uh, hardly. <laughs> I, can't think. I lost Shake words. The water out I'm of stuck your right hair. now, Nick. Yeah. I need to go. Yeah. I need to go pet right. my dog. <laughs> Why don't you go pet your dog for a minute? And uh, okay, so let me ask you this about the difference between writing and editing, and we'll get mm -hmm. off music here for a second. Um, you went to UCF, yeah, and you did an English degree with a creative writing sort of. They specialization call it English with a creative writing focus. Okay, yes. focus. You when had I'm... your 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 focus. Uh, what did you do from, or how do you approach editing versus writing? Mm. Because with editing, you're obviously, you know what you, when you're writing, mm -hmm. hopefully you have a good idea of what, it, maybe you're not, maybe you're just writing and it's free form and, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. You, mm -hmm. But you have a generally a good idea of what you're trying to convey. Mm -hmm. How do you edit somebody? How do you help somebody get somewhere? Do you have to talk to them uh, before you read it? Or is it just most of the time it's so obvious where they're trying to go that you can help them with that? Yeah, I usually, if I take on a project, then I feel like I already have a good idea of where it's going. So um, I don't necessarily have a, a conversation first. I'll do the editing. I'll, I'll do a round of edits first and then talk about it with the author. But interestingly, um, when I write, I really don't know where I'm going. Um, I'm definitely that, which is why I'm not very prolific. Um and uh, it's definitely more of an exploratory thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't outline. I don't do anything like that. So um, it's a lot scarier. It feels like being out on the ocean, you know, with no buoys or land in sight. Whereas with editing someone else's work, I get to live vicariously through that writer, knowing that they've completed something, which is very hard for me as a writer too. And um, And then it's the best of both worlds because... You get into what they're doing, you start to see their intent. And a lot of my edits always usually start with like, if you meant to do this, it could be improved in this way. If you meant to do something else, it's not really coming across. It's always uh -huh. about their intent. Right. So if the intent isn't clear, that's usually an, that's where my edits are coming from. Like making sure that I'm not sort of twisting their intentions, especially if we're moving around scenes or changing word choices and whatnot. But, um, but ultimately I'm kind of on their ride and their ride has an end presumably. Um, and I, I put myself hopefully to make the best edits and, and to make the piece better. I put myself in the shoes of the writer as if I were writing it or as if I had written it, mm -hmm. um, when I make the edits. And then the best part about that though, is that at the end of the day, let's say if I wrote it, I'd be like, okay, I wrote this draft. I looked it over and you know, I'm kind of editing it myself and I'm like, well, I really need to change the tense because it's not working and I really need to, you know, move this paragraph around and kind of stuck on, on how to convey this particular paragraph. Like I just need to rewrite that whole paragraph, except when I'm editing somebody, I can say that and then just give it to them to yeah. do and they're stuck with it. <laughs> so I love that about editing. Um, Here's my advice. Yeah. Take it or leave it. And I'm like, you could make this better. Now go make it better as opposed to making myself do it, which is a lot harder. Um, it is. Do you find that, so sometimes when I read stuff long after I've written it, if I try to read it too close to when I've written it, mm -hmm. uh, it's much harder for me to edit it. Yes. Uh, so I have to wait and almost forget that I wrote it. Yeah. Or forget sometimes, that it's mine. 
that's a common thing. Yeah, sometimes you got to let something sit, um, especially if it's like a complete piece or uh, a big chunk of writing. I think um, you 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 don't think you would as a as like a new writer. You think no, this is you know because you, you have to experience it. But it's like every single writer experiences this. They write something, they love it. They'll never cut any word from it. Three weeks later, they go back to revise it and they just throw the whole page out because it's just like, right. what did I do here? What was I uh, thinking? Yeah. Um, or more realistically and more frequently, you know, especially if someone's in the habit of writing, yeah, you just go through editing and you can, editing helps you catch your blind spots and time, I should say, um, giving it some time um, so you're less attached to it um, to go back and you see, oh yeah, I see what I did there. That, that, that word didn't even make any sense. Like I was just, but in the moment, in order to get it out at all, you um, have to, yeah, you, you just, just kind of have to going. keep moving, turn off the internal critic. Right. But when because you, otherwise you're going to get stuck on that word and you're never going to finish. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. when you turn it back on the critic, it's helpful to have a little bit of space, um, from the, from the project. And so maybe not necessarily a few months, but just like, and all every writer has a different writing versus editing schedule, but, um, and revision, I should say, mm -hmm. not editing, but, uh, and usually it involves a few days space at least, I think, because yeah, you just need that time away. Um, so that you can kind of catch your mistakes because we all make them. It's like, it's imp unless you're Stephen King, apparently that guy just doesn't. Oh, he doesn't. He make, just he yeah. can't. He doesn't have time yeah. to make mistakes. Yeah, he just got to publish three right books. Yeah. yeah, in the next hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about interpretation for a minute. Did you ever? Um, were you ever a musician? Did you ever play any instrument? I did. Yeah. What would you play? Oh, what does everyone play? Guitar. Did, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have a guitar in my house. I just <laughs> don't. I think I know a chord. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so interpreting music then. So let's go back to DJ Shadow mm -hmm. for a second. Um, that's a very interesting choice because it's uh, not a lot of lyrics. Right. Uh, typically, it's more of an electronic music. And sometimes he experiments. He, mm -hmm. he doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And so as a musician, having played, and I don't know how prolific you are, how, what level you got to, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, as a writer and as a reader, um, that gives you an interesting perspective on interpreting other people's work. Mm -hmm. But as a musician yourself, does that give you, uh, how do you interpret his work or how does that, how, why is that meaningful to you, this, this particular artist? Yeah. Um, what I like about DJ Shadow, I think is the I don't want to say formlessness, the un, the non-traditional form of the songs. It's not verse, chorus, verse. It's a little bit more like, cause I also like, this sounds super like wrong cause we're on the radio. Like, well, I also like jazz, but like a lot of jazz, you know, free jazz, especially, um, just that chaos. Of yeah, it, yeah. Um, improvised, somewhat improvised, although I don't, DJ shadow is pretty meticulous, but, um, so I like the, the, um, unconventional forms that the songs take. And I also like, the fact that um, at least up through the private press, everything is made out of samples. Mm -hmm. So um, he's not, uh, he, he's, it's like the ultimate like collage work. And reinterpreting um, yeah. other people's stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so on a technical level, it's impressive that he can even do that. Mm -hmm. And um, that sort of weird obsessive knowledge, like this is a kick drum from James Brown and this is a snare drum from, it's like, whoa, okay. Um, but uh, I don't delve that deeply into it. But also it's just really dark and it feels like a, well, a lot of it is dark and it feels like a, a sort of soundtrack, um, to, at, at the time, especially when I was listening to it a lot, you know, walking around, uh, you know, Miami walking around college even with it in my 
brain like kind of beating in there and like the the randomness of it at times you can sort of like it it's like makes you listen closer mm-hmm. and so listening to sounds like that are bleeding through the headphones and like fitting with it and like it's just always created this interesting atmosphere for me to like exist in and it felt immersive so just on a really not even on a technical level but just on a emotional level it was always like really immersive and then it helps to have a good beat so there's always that like hip hop background to it, which is like where always, it kind of comes yeah, out of. Always, yeah, keep going. And um, yeah, that driving sort of nature of it too. So yeah. while it can be dark and eerie and moody, um, like The Witch, um, <laughs> let's bring it back. Um, it also has like, it has a beat, which is important, I think, too. So Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hear another song from DJ Shadow. Let's. Uh, this is from Introducing and uh, Building Steam with a Grain of Salt. Excellent like choice. I do. All right. Very good. It's uh, Ryan approved. <laughs> thumbs up. Thumbs up. Don't translate on the radio for some no, reason. That's but we're doing it. Both of us right now. Both of us. All Four of thumbs our thumbs. Up. <laughs> All of the thumbs that we have are up right now. All thumbs on, on deck. WPRK. Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. This is DJ Shadow. DJ Shadow on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Building Steam with a grain of salt from introducing. You're listening to a certain degree. My name is Nick. I'm here for the last time with Ryan Revis. For the last time? Well, for the show. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not forever. I was like, geez, Nick, yeah. what, was it really that bad? I don't know. The, the, that song is awesome in terms of, like, I can imagine driving to work right now and listening to that. Yeah. And just being like, I am going to... Keep driving. Destroy everything <laughs> oh, yeah. today. I was this just saying, is the day. Yeah. Or destruction. No, it's it's, it's a little <laughs> bit dark, but it's mm-hmm. like that good sort of dark. Yeah, if that's right. It's like the anti-hero. Yeah, sort of dark. Yeah, yeah. Which like is it. how I try to live. Yeah, no, no, as we all should. Yeah, we have to try to live that anti-hero life. Yeah. It's another bad business idea. <laughs> yes. like how to live. <laughs> Too live much like a hero. The anti-hero life. Oh, nice. You want to be more Deadpool than <laughs> Captain America? Yes. Yeah, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I want to live a rated R life. Yeah. I wish. I was wish. I wish I was living a PG thirteen life. My gosh. Uh, is it G rated? Uh, totes G rated. Oh yeah. Totes G. Those youngins. I'll... Oh, it has nothing to do with them. It's just oh, me. Geez. I just don't like any of that stuff. You need some profanity. <laughs> I do need some, <laughs> for sure. Well, thanks for being here. We're going to do a couple things. So we got yeah. some plugs coming up. We got to talk about uh, the event on May twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, all sorts of stuff going on with Borough Press and yeah. Page 15 and summer mm-hmm. camps coming up. But first, we're going to quiz you because you're starting to cork a little bit. So yeah. I want to bring you back to yeah. life yeah, yeah. by challenging you to answer some questions. Okay. And if you get them all wrong, terrible, terrible things are going to happen. So I feel like, you know, that's the way to get you to answer things right is by threatening you. Okay. Yeah. If I win, do I get your uh, voice on my voicemail? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Good. All the time. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you and leaving you long voicemails. Bring it back. Uh, okay. So a handwritten prequel to Harry Potter and the Philstone, which is what I call it, uh, was stolen in a house robbery in Birmingham, uh, uh, Birmingham, uh, England. Birmingham. Birmingham. Bingham. Uh, J.K. Rao, which is what I call her, mm-hmm. wrote it for a charity auction in 2008. What did it sell for at the time? So is it A, $4,900? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've translated this from euros to ah, England, thank you. to American currency. Yeah. Uh, B forty nine thousand dollars, or C four hundred ninety thousand dollars. And this is a what is this document that she wrote? This is, and I'll give you, I'll tell you how many words it was. It was an eight hundred word story about mm-hmm. Harry's dad 
and Stepfather. It's like a prequel. A little adventure prequel Got that it. she did for charity okay. in 2008. Sold in an for? auction. Huh. 4,900, 49,000, or 490,000? I'm going to assume uh, 49,000. That is correct, yeah. yeah. So they weren't allowed to republish it, but at the same mm -hmm. time, it wasn't like it was a full novel or right. anything. Yeah, 800 words, come on. Yeah. JK. JK. I mean, you could have cranked out a thousand at least. Oh my gosh, so easily. But you know, charity. So. And uh, yeah, so it was stolen. So oh. everyone's on the lookout for it because obviously everyone wants to read it as yeah. far as the fans go. Uh, okay, moving over now to baby names as we all think about this time of year. Yeah. The Social Security Administration releases its uh, most popular baby names mm -hmm. from the previous year around this time. Uh, what was the most popular combo from 2016? Was it A, Emma and Noah for the girl and the boy, mm -hmm. uh, Ray and Kylo, <laughs> or C, Mia and Dominic? Whoa. I got to go with uh, Emma and who? Noah. Well, my nephew's name is Noah. And oh. He's two years old, so there I'm going to go. go with Emma and Noah. Emma and Noah is correct. Nice. Uh, Thanks, Ray and Patrick. Kylo, obviously, from Star Wars. And yeah. Mia, if you didn't catch this, me and Dominic were the brother and sister from uh, Fast and Furious. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so just so you know, you were ranked 40th in 2016. I was ranked 63rd. So we have dropped Good. precipitously from the early 2000s. Good. We were way high up there in the oh, teens or in the top 10. And now we're, we're nowhere. I get mad at my parents for their lack of imagination in naming me. No, so. it's fine. Sore subject. All right. Well, <laughs> good. Uh, so one more about kids, and then we'll move over and do the plugs. Uh, still okay. blowing my mind. Doctors are saying do not use uh, ear swabs. Don't oh. clean your ears out because basically all you're doing is pushing stuff in there. Oh. Yep. And Ooh. so kids are uh, going to the hospital in the emergency room in the U.S. How many kids a day go to the hospital, go to the emergency room, <laughs> because they're trying to clean their ears oh. or their parents are trying to clean their ears? Is it A, 49,000, uh, B, just under three dozen, or C, all the kids named Emma and Noah? <laughs> well, I see what you did there. Yeah. With like the 49,000 trying to throw me off. Or did you pick this question because it would be a strange coincidence that it's only K. kids Rowling's, named Emma and Noah? Well, yeah, that would be ridiculous. That, I don't believe that for one well, minute. I think it's But possible. I might believe... 40, that 49,000. Yeah, I just picked 49,000 the answers. Well, no, the same, it's the same well, amount that, okay. that the manuscript. This is per day, though. Per day. Oh, geez. That's yeah. got to be a dozen or whatever. Yeah, yeah three, okay. just under three dozen. Thanks for clarifying or reminding <laughs> me. Yes, I wanted listener. to make sure. Uh, according <laughs> to the Journal of Pediatrics. So, swabs. Don't yeah. use them. Ugh. All right. There's a there's a business idea somewhere in there. There's yeah. Well, it's certainly not those candles because I'm not no. putting that Ooh. in my ear. <laughs> that just seems like fire yeah. is bad. I, I go full Frankenstein on yeah. that. So uh, I don't. I'm not summarily executed now because I got all three of them right. Yeah, right. you did very very well. Yes. You can continue existing. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Uh, so okay, BoroughPress.com is the website. That you can go to and learn about the stuff that's coming out. Do you have any yeah. new books that are coming out this year? Um, so we just released a book called The Persistence of Rivers. It's like a long form essay uh, on moving water. The subtitle is an essay on moving water, but it's a long form essay memoir sort of hybrid about this woman, uh, Alison Townsend's uh, life growing up around uh, rivers in various places and how it's sort of tied to her memories of these places. Um, really beautiful book. Um, we actually just had to do another printing of it, which is rad. Keep oh, buying that's it. Great. Um, 
Yeah. And um, so in the second printing, did you add other bodies of water? <laughs> we should have, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Oh. Um, but. Uh, Think about that for the third printing. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. So go buy it. Yeah. Um, no. Uh That and then the next book we have coming out um, is technically it's it's coming out early. It's official release dates in September, but we'll be sending it out in June or so. Uh, it's called Quantum Physics and My Dog Bob. It's a short story collection by Pat Russian. It's a sort of darkly comics kind of quirky uh, short stories. Nice. Um, and uh, perfect for going with DJ Shadow. Let's mm -hmm. let's do a pairing of music Ooh. with some of the books. Yeah. So maybe I could do I'll uh, put together a playlist for your books. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and then in August, we only do four print books a year, yep. so I'm going to name them all. Okay. In, uh, in August, we're, we're putting out uh, Other Orlandos, which is an anthology edited by Leslie Salas uh, of stories, poems, and essays about things named Orlando that are not Orlando, Florida. So there's a power plant in South Africa. There's a cemetery in Kentucky. There is a the Chevy Orlando, which was like a failed... Uh, European uh, model of Chevy, um, all kinds of great stuff. The Orlando right. Bloom, yeah, uh, of uh, course. Uh, it, the it's, actor, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's a little different. Used as Orlando Bloom mask, used in kinky ways, I should say. Great, that's the hook. Orlando Bloom is the hook. Um, and then lastly, in November, we have another anthology coming out called "We Can't Help It If We're From Florida: New Stories from a Sinking Peninsula." Uh, so it's brand new writing by authors who have grown up here or lived here for a while and possibly left. Um, some really awesome people. Lydia Yuknovich um, has an essay in there. Uh, Sarah Gerard, who just came through town, she's got a book of essays out this year called Sunshine State. Uh, Lindsay Hunter, uh, who's totally amazing, former Orlandoan. Laura Vandenberg, also former Orlandoan. Um, and uh, Rollins grad. Rollins grad, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of my favorite uh, novel writers, John Brandon. Uh, one of my favorite short story writers, Kevin Moffat. It's going to be great. Uh, oh, another Rollins, former Rollins. The uh, Kristen Arnett is in it oh, as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Raquel Henry is another local who's in the collection. But all kinds of people who spread out across the country these days. Um, and I want to do, want to do more of it. So uh, is, I just got to ask this real quick: Is part of your job like that brings you a lot of joy? Is just being able to go to these people that you admire and you like reading and just going. Please write a story for me. Yes. And then when they say yes, you're like, awesome. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, oh, it's a joy. Great. And and this one is, this uh, anthology is edited by Shane Hinton um, too. So he got to experience a lot of that joy on my behalf. But, um, and he picked a lot of the writers as well. Yeah. Um, but there, when I say I want to do more, there's so many writers that uh, either couldn't do this one um, or could we can get in touch with. So like I wanted, there's just so many more writers who are related to Florida. Ones, yeah. Um, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So another writer that's related to Florida is Jeff Vandermeer. That's true. And I really, really liked, um, obviously, his Southern Reach trilogy. I've yes. built a piece of art for just that. Mm -hmm. And he's come out with a new book. It's out now, right? Yeah, it's called Born. Born with an E. It's mm -hmm. not anything to do with uh, uh, Noah Matt Damon. or Emma. Or yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's uh, it should be really good from the description and everything else. It sounds really great. And if you liked dark stuff, I think in the same vein as sort of this idea of betrayal and weirdness and sci-fi, mm -hmm. uh, but more on the literary side. 
Yeah. Um, you're going to really enjoy that if you like Southern Reach. Yeah, it's like a post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic. Got a little Miami there for a second. <laughs> like a post-apocalyptic thing, you know? Um, so in, in a city in which, has the, a city that's been sort of overrun by corporate greed and sort of destroyed by this corporation that has pumped out these biotech animals, um, why we don't really know, and they've sort of just taken over the city. There's a flying bear called Mord, who is fl like a massive flying bear who's like flying around, destroying things and a toxic river and feral children. And uh, it's told from the perspective of a of someone who's sort of like uh, a semblance of normal, uh, kind of remembers the old world, um, and discovers this sort of morphing object thing called Born. Um, and it's it's actually really hard <laughs> to give an elevator pitch for this. Right, book. right, right. Um, so just go read it. Yeah, go read it. It's delightful and and strange. And then and what um, you can do on May twenty seventh is yes. come and meet and hear uh, Jeff Vandermeer talk about it. Yes. So yeah, on May twenty seventh at the Bush Auditorium mm -hmm. uh, here on here on Rollins campus, yep. uh, we'll be doing our third functionally literate of the year. Functionally literate pairs writers from all over the world with the best writers in Central Florida. So the best writer in Central Florida we're pairing with Jeff Vandermeer is journalist Amy Green. Oh, uh, you might cool. have heard her on WMFE. Yeah, um, she's also written for Newsweek and the New York Times and Christian Science Monitor, mainly focusing on the environment. So mm -hmm. really good pairing there. She's actually got a book coming out about the Everglades in 2020. So it's a little ways off, but. Um, so, spoiler, will there still be an Everglades then? Oh, that's a good question. Okay, I guess you got to um, read the book. Yeah. Yeah. There is an Everglades in the book because it's about the Everglades before 2020. Uh, it is not post-apocalyptic. However, I think an interesting conversation will come from a contrast of their readings. So, what you can expect at this is uh, Amy will read, Jeff will read, then they will both get on the stage and kind of have a conversation about the different themes in their work, which mm -hmm. are similar, but their work is also really, really different. So totally different approaches um, to sort of environmental themes. Um, and then there'll be an audience Q&A. Um, so behave um, audience, because you know how those can get. Oh my gosh, Bring literary Q&As, yeah. Um, and then, Out uh, of hand. Yeah, and then a book signing. Great. So buy the book. May 27th, burrowpress.com. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Um, a lot of books coming out, a lot of great sounding books coming out. Yeah. Or out already. Yeah. Some of them out already. Yeah. You can find, find it all there at the website. All right. Well, then, oh, I uh, did want to put out one other thing, a way to support, uh, urban think, mm -hmm. uh, page 15 and Borough press mm -hmm. is Amazon smile. So it oh, doesn't yeah. take much if you're ordering from Amazon anyway, just go to that thing and yeah, you can get a smile account for that money back because we all do it sometimes. And smile? I also... We all smile sometimes. We yeah. also all we also sometimes buy books from Amazon. I wasn't thinking yeah. books specifically yeah. because you know you shouldn't buy books from Amazon, yeah. or maybe you should. But sometimes should. we do, and I don't judge those who do. Okay, there our books are available there if you really want to do that. But support your independent bookstore. Absolutely. Yeah, and your local press. So. And we'll end it there. Thanks, Sounds Ryan. Good. Let's Thanks shake for hands on me. air. Very good. That oh, such good radio. Uh, you've been listening to a certain degree. I'll be back next week with uh, Dandy Darkly, who's doing a show at the Fringe, and he is a uh, clown. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out as a question mark. So we'll find out more about that next week, but I'll be posting some stuff this week. If you want to go to the website to a certain degree.com, I'll have the show up with Ryan if you missed anything. 
And uh, yeah, that's it. We got to get out of here. I guess so. Thanks for having me, Nick. Thanks for coming out, Ryan. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Oh, love fest. Yay. All right. But you've been listening to a certain degree <laughs> on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. If you'd like to learn more about Ryan Rivas and Borough Press, visit boroughpress.com. And while you're there, buy a book or two. Why not? This episode was brought to you by a certified bad business idea called Beside Yourself. Hackers, fishers, and credit card skimmers are everywhere. Is there any way to keep yourself and your identity safe? Absolutely not. That's why with the Beside Yourself service, we can just give you a new identity every 30 to 60 days. You can be Rob, then Peter, and then PayPal, who's also you, Beside Yourself. Order at toacertaindegree.com. That's toacertaindegree.com. 